It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calajaro, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening or watching, we hope you're doing okay today. I'll give a special shout-out to all of our uh, Holyfield Television uh, viewers. We're glad to be part of your day or night or afternoon. We'd like to hear from you. Drop us an email. Let us know how we're doing. Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Also, don't forget about downloading our app. It's for free, and you can watch and listen to our show uh, on your uh, phone or any other handheld device. Just go to Fight, that's F-I-T-E, fight.tv slash Billy C, and download our app, fight.tv slash Billy C. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, Located on beautiful St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. Give my man a call today. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's. To get a decent Italian meal. You know what I'm talking about. And I'll be going down there in a couple of weeks. Can't wait. I'm going to start fasting now. Uh, just give my man a call. 912 238. Uh, I'm messing it up. 912-268-2328. Just go there. It's got the number printed. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Gawkbox. What is it? Check it out. You can save money plus get some free stuff. And at the same time. Help us out. What's better than a two-way street? Visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Gawk Box banner, which is on the right-hand side. Today's show is also being brought to us in part uh, by the Turning Stone Resort and Casino and their next boxing event, which is taking place Friday, June 9th. It's the Friday during the International Boxing Hall of Fame weekend. I'm going to be there, and I want you to be there, too. Get some uh, tickets by visiting our website, billycboxing.com. And click on the Turning Stone banner or just go to uh, the Turning Stone website and get some tickets. Just make sure you tell them Billy C sent you and demand the Billy C discount. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy right now where you're watching or listening to the show. Just go to uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. If you like a signed copy, just visit our website, billycboxing.com. And click on the book. You can't miss it. It's a quick read, man. It's 150 pages. And uh, trust me when I tell you, uh, you start reading it, you can't put it down. 
find out why we got a five star rating, man. It's a great, it's a great story, and and I, you know, I hope someday we can uh, put it on the big screen. Anyway, uh, coming up, uh, we want to talk about today's main topic is uh, the return of Roman Chacolito Gonzalez. Uh, looks like he's going to be coming back in September, and also the return of Miguel Cotto. We talked a little about this yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I I can't wait for Chocolito to return. I mean, I, I love this guy. I feel he kind of got robbed of a piece of history uh, in his last fight, a, a great, exciting fight back in March. Um, but and, and I totally understand why he's coming back, and, and I can't wait for him to come back. I've always been a big fan of Miguel Cotto, um, but quite honestly, I don't understand why he's continuing fighting. I mean, okay, stop writing the email now if you're going to tell me. It's for the money, Billy. See, yeah, 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 I know. I know it's for the money. But he's got nothing else left to prove. He just split with his uh, promoter, Rock Nation, and now he's fighting the same guy that Rock Nation wanted him to fight. And uh, the bottom line is that was a part of a three-fight deal for $50 million. And it's not even that big of a fight i mean no disrespect uh to his opponent uh yoshiro uh kamagagi uh but uh but man august it's taking place in august not too uh excited about seeing the return of miguel Cotto, but i am excited uh to have uh this guy join us uh ladies and gentlemen please welcome uh a man who is uh a part of the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame. He's a part of the Guinness Book of World Records. He's uh, a pretty damn nice guy if you get to meet him. Uh, but you don't want to fight this guy. And if you mention fight, he might even want to make another comeback, which we're not letting him. We're not letting him do it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, please welcome the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend himself in his own mind, Sal Rocky Senecola. What's up, Sal? You didn't hey, like that, really huh? Good morning, you didn't man. like it. We were watching you. We had the camera on you. We, we, you, know, okay. I, you know, I didn't I mean, know that. I mean, come on, man. Come on. You really? I was just goofing behind the camera. I didn't know you had it on. Of course, of course. We we want to catch you at, at when uh, you know at the surprising moments. You know, like you know when you're picking your nose or something like that. We want it all caught on camera, man. You know, I mean, you never know. You That's know? wrong. Just watch. Just just remember <laughs> that that thing that you're looking at is always watching you, Sal. It's watching you. You know, oh, but uh, that, that 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 thing right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Um, oh, yeah. Chocolito returning. Looks yeah. like uh, September, uh, uh, they're uh, uh, trying to plan it for either the week before or the week after um, Triple G and uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, fight. I can't wait for this guy to return. What's your quick thoughts on it? No opponent's been named yet. Oh, actually, they are. They, there is an opponent. They're going to have a rematch, but the, a lot of the talk... Uh, with uh, Sir Scott uh, uh, Rungzavail, or however you pronounce his name, I'm 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 terrible with that. But um, they're looking to have uh, Japan's Noyoya Inoue on the undercard. So if if uh, Chocolito wins that fight, uh, they're they're trying to plan for a showdown between Chocolito and uh, the monster Inoue. What's your thoughts on the comeback? Uh, or at least uh, it's only it would have been six months after his previous fight. But Roman Gonzalez coming back. Oh, gosh, I want to see him come back, and I want to see him come back strong. I mean, I thought he got robbed that last fight. I thought that uh, he did what he had to do to get by and win. But uh, 
uh, I definitely thought that that was um, an unjust uh, move with him, and I thought it robbed him of history. And so let's see him come back and rise to the occasion one more time, and and uh, do what he has to do to win in a convincing, sh- uh, convincing manner. Uh, is he going to fight the same guy, right? Yeah, he's getting a rematch. That's good. Rematch. Uh, with, rematch. Uh, no rematch. <laughs> yeah, he's getting a rematch with uh, uh, his uh, the guy that he fought last time, and and I feel terrible uh, because I, you know I'm going to murder his name, but uh, I know you uh, saw, That's why I'm uh, glad you say it. <laughs> Sir Scott uh, saw Rung Rungzaval uh, or Rungzavai uh, yeah, We all know the guy, you know, but yeah. uh, tough, tough guy. guy. In case you uh, uh, forgot. Gonzalez suffered his first defeat, uh, and uh, it was a, a majority decision. Uh, two of the judges had it, 114-112, uh, in favor of uh, uh, Rungzaval, and uh, the third had it at even, 113-113. When I first watched this fight, Sal, if you recall, I thought that the, that the uh, fight was justified. I thought the scores were justified. I, I thought that uh, Chocolito... Um, got uh, battered from ring post to ring post. But then after I had the luxury of watching it again, uh, I, I felt that he actually inflicted uh, the more powerful and meaningful punches, even though he definitely took some shots. Uh, and and my, my opinion changed. I, I still think it was a tough fight, but I thought uh, Gonzalez uh, got the better of it when I had the luxury of re-watching the fight. Uh, what was your thoughts? I, I, I forget uh, what you had. My initial, I'll tell you what, I, I was watching the fight, and there was maybe one round I, I, I missed. I had to address something at the restaurant. But uh, I thought that Gonzalez squeaked it out. I didn't think he won big by any big margin at all, uh, but I thought he was able to squeak it out. And then when I did watch the rematch, I you know, tried to, I was trying to be – unbiased in every way shape or form but i i did pull for him i thought he landed as you said the cleaner sharper heavier blows and uh although he was beat and beaten but uh, he he got hit he definitely got hit but i thought you know i thought he did land more of the effective blows yeah well you know we had I the luxury of, we had the luxury won. of watching the replay you know and we and do. also uh slated to return is Miguel Cotto. Now, we talked a little about this the other day. Miguel Cotto was going to, uh, he was in camp, actually, with Freddie Roach, and he was uh, scheduled to fight uh, uh, Yurashiro uh, Kamagagi, and then he left camp, and uh, reports uh, surfaced that he split with Rock Nation Sports, who was his promoter, who he had signed a three-fight deal for $50 million, and, and also they threw in a record contract, which I don't know. Uh, he got uh, one easy fight. He had the other fight with Canelo, and then he hasn't fought since. And I'm not suggesting that the Kamigagi fight is going to be easy, especially at Miguel Cotto with, with the age he's at now and, and the long layoff, but it's the same fight. I, I, I mean, you know, we, we talk about divas of boxing, and Miguel Cotto's got to be up there, right, if, if not equal to uh, Andre Ward, very close behind. What's your thoughts on him coming back, kicking Rock Nation to the curb, and then fighting the same guy? Well, you know that's that's a little finagling of the uh, of the uh, deal there. You have the art of the deal, and you have the finagling of the deal. And uh, you know it's uh, it's it's a little it's a little bit uh, suspect and fishy, and uh, you know it's not doing what you're supposed to do on that level. Um, shows a little bit of the greed and need there for him. And 
uh, I mean, we, we, Miguel Cotto is a great fighter and, uh, he's been around for a long, long time. And, you know, he's got to really assess at this point, you know, uh, how much longer does he want to stick around the game of boxing? I mean, it's addictive. I'm telling you, Bill, it's, it's, it's hard to walk away. You're doing this your whole life and, uh, boom, all of a sudden it's over. You know, it's a hard habit to break. It's always one more fight. You always got that one more fight in you. Well, when we take a look at both these fights that were announced, and then I got a third one, too, that is really, uh, I don't know what to think, but uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but uh, but Roman uh, Gonzalez, this is a guy that, uh, you know, many people had him number one pound for pound. Most people, uh, you know, dropped him off that because of the loss, which I disagree with. Yes. I, I still think he's pound for pound number one. I, you know, I, I honestly think the top three has to be Gonzalez. Um, you got to put Terrence Crawford in the mix now, like Larry Hazard was suggesting yesterday. And and despite his last two performances, uh, I, I still think Triple G has to be up there. And and with all due respect to Canelo Alvarez, he's got to be up there. You know, he's so be I up mean, Lomachenko, I have up there. Yeah, too. no, you're right. There's a guy. I, t- yeah, I mean, I mean, it. we we <laughs> got we we got some good fighters. You know, I mean, is uh, but but uh, Gonzalez top still has five, to be near five. the top, don't you think, or no? Yes, I think uh, I think he can get up there, and uh, I'll tell you, it's uh, Roman Gonzalez definitely belongs in that top five. We're gonna we're, let's call it the top five of the current contemporary fighters that's redundant current and contemporary but i think the uh top five fighters today uh definitely you could put roman gonzalez in the top five of pound for pound uh along with lomachenko triple g uh Cotto, i mean not Cotto, you know and uh, alvarez and uh you know i think i think you had a good good few top five fighters out there that uh that can earn that and, and deserve to be called that right now top five yeah I, I uh, totally uh, agree with you. I, I, uh, a, a mental lapse uh, had me uh, forgetting about uh, Lomachenko. But uh, anyway, hey, Sal, it's that time again. We're going to take a short break. Uh, and then uh, when we come back, uh, we'll finish talking about these two returns, plus another one. Um, I'm just, I'm, it's, it's perplexing, Sal. So uh, <laughs> I hear it. Hang, I hear it in your hang, voice. Hang oh. tight. Hang tight, and uh, we'll be back uh, in uh, probably uh, two minutes. So uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, Sal and I will be right back. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad uh, we're with you today, man. Yeah, and we're glad you're with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget about getting a copy of my book. Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now. Check it out, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. I'm here with my man, uh, Sal Rocky, uh, Senecola. And, uh, Sal, you know, the fight that uh, the WBC had ordered uh, the fight, uh, the rematch with uh, Gonzalez 
and uh, uh, Rungzavai. And apparently, um, they don't have a deal uh, in place yet. Um, Chocolito's team wants the rematch, uh, but I guess uh, uh, you know Rungzavai uh, is not uh, has not signed yet, trying to get uh, as much money. So uh, either way. Uh, HBO is saying that they want the rematch. WBC has ordered the rematch, but HBO has already given the green light uh, to uh, feature uh, Gonzalez, even if they have to come up with another opponent. And uh, wow. they, uh, like I mentioned earlier, they want to put anyway on that card uh, with the hopes that both fighters win and then they have an eventual showdown, most likely in Japan sometime next year. Uh, what's your thoughts? Do you think that Gonzalez will get the rematch that uh, everyone wants to see, the, specifically not only the fans but the WBC and HBO, or do you think we're going to see uh, Gonzalez in with someone else? No, I think we'll get the rematch. I think we'll get it because I think uh, it's going to draw a lot of money for both fighters, and it's uh, what the public wants to see. It's what the commissioners want to see. It's what the uh, the boxing bodies want to see. So I think it could happen. And uh, hopefully it'll happen in September. We'll see. Now, as far as the uh, other fight we were just talking about, Miguel Cotto returning to the ring uh, against uh, uh, Yoshirio uh, Kamagagi. <laughs> I'm making him sound like he's Italian, but uh, obviously he's not. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Miguel Cotto doesn't have anything left to prove, Sal. You know, I, yeah. I mean, he's 40 wins, five losses with 33 knockouts. Uh, he's... Uh, um, you know, as far as Puerto Rican fighters, he's the only four divisional world champion. Uh, he is moving back down in weight, uh, if everyone remembers, because it seems like he's been out of the ring so long. His last title belt that he held was actually 160 pounds, was a middleweight title. So he's going to be going back down in weight. Uh, and, of course, they'll have a title uh, on uh, uh, the line. It's a vacant title. Again, you know, you wonder... How the WBO, and, and I'm, I'm just mentioning them because it's their belt that's on the line, but how right. do they justify a fight with a fighter who's been out as long as Cotto has, number one? And number two, he's coming off a loss. I mean, when I was involved with the sanctioning body, I won't mention who, but when I was involved with them, one of the biggest criterias we had, especially for a world title, was that both combatants were not coming off a loss that they had to come even if the win was over you know some taxi cab driver in Tijuana they had to come off of a win you know how does the WBO justify giving Cotto a shot uh, aside from the money factor Sal I mean this is one of my pet peeves you know you got these young fighters or it doesn't matter how old they are fighters that are working hard in the gym working their way up the ladder and they're being kicked to the curb because a guy like Miguel Cotto who's obviously a, a bigger name and a bigger draw it's just not fair and at some point you know these fighters that are working for, you know up the ranks why you know they might wake up one morning and say why bother why bother I'm I, I, you know I'm not getting my opportunities I mean what's going through their minds well what you're saying right there is definitely uh, an issue. They're not going to say why bother. Fighters are, are, are to an extent, I hate to say it like it, like trained in a sense to believe that that next ticket's going to be their, their breakthrough, their opportunity. So they have the carrot ahead of them that they're chomping at that bit and they're looking for that carrot. And it's it's luring and it's, it's, uh, it's a tease 
and it will happen uh and they know it will happen it's just when and they uh they keep for that fire in the belly and the dream to make it happen so they do their best to win and uh they'll get discouraged along the way but they they uh when they see this opportunity coming up they just get a little more uh uh i guess angry at the issue and the way the politics work and they're gonna they're gonna want to fight it harder and more and you know, they might become more vocal. They might have more people behind them to, to call for uh, their opportunity. But they're they're going to be ready. They're going to try and prove it to everybody that they've been waiting and patient. And maybe there was a, a opportunity that was uh, was uh, well. You know, it, it, it it's it's uh, it's frustrating. Very frustrating. And uh, I could tell you off air a little bit of, of one of my own uh, experiences with that whole scenario. And, uh, but, you know, I did what I had to do and, uh, I'll share that with you. And it was, uh, very frustrating, but you know, it, you don't give up. You, you keep believing you're going to get that opportunity until, yeah, the way, you know, you either do or you don't. The way the business is today and, you know, it, it, uh, it just, uh, it sucks. But, uh, anyway, after the anou- official announcement yesterday, uh, both fighters uh, had uh, a couple of quick quotes. Kamagagi, whose record is 27 wins, three losses, and two draws, uh, who's uh, uh, you know getting this uh, opportunity, said, uh, "I fully understand who am I, who I'm going into the ring, who I'm going to be into the ring against. But Cotto's record in history won't matter once we go toe to toe. I'm looking forward to giving the fans the kind of aggressive fight that they've seen from me before." and having my arm raised in victory. Now, if you've never seen uh, Yoshiro Kamagagi, this is a fighter that is a pressure fighter. I mean, that's an understatement uh, for him. He comes at you, and he is a tough out. And uh, I tell you, Miguel Cotto with the long layoff and, uh, you know, the fact that he's working with uh, Freddie Roach again gives me, uh, you know, the reason to believe that he's going to try to be aggressive and maybe going toe-to-toe with this guy uh, at Miguel Cotto's uh, uh, current age. No disrespect to Miguel, but the truth of the matter is, is he said he was going to retire a couple of years ago, and he's been hanging on. Clearly, this is a, a cash-out fight for him, or at least it makes a more cash fight for him. Uh, Cotto said, uh, I'm excited to be back and showcase a high-level fight for the fans. Uh, Kamagagi is a great, tough fighter, but I will be ready for him and ready to capture the world title. I can't wait to start training for this fight and get back in the ring uh, on August 26th. Um, you think it's going to uh, be a big draw? I mean, uh, it is uh, going to be on HBO, just regular old HBO, Sal. But uh, do you think uh, uh, there is going to be a, uh, a big, uh, a big uh, interest in this fight? I mean, it's not taking place in New York where Cotto usually draws a lot of uh, Puerto Rican fans. This particular fight will be taking place at the StubHub Center in uh, California. How do you see it in terms of uh, interest level? I I will have to say I think it's going to be on a medium or moderate interest level. I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, people go running out and, wow, I got to see this, I got to see this. I really don't think it's going to be that kind of fight. I don't think it's going to be that kind of draw. I think it's going to be like, hey, you know what? I want to see this, but how much the path of least resistance do I have to go through to actually see this fight, or how much they're going to charge, or whatever it's going to be? But it's HBO, so it's okay. But uh, I don't think it's going to be a 
burning issues really see this fight by a lot of people but uh you'll 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 get some support look at some good support i i just you know I, these fighters that i i just can't help but just look at it like uh, they're taking advantage of the fans because well, they are uh you know the the truth of the matter is is if Miguel Cotto and and we're talking about Miguel Cotto specifically, if Miguel Cotto needs money at this point in his life, there's a problem. I mean, this man has made a, a ton of money in some big fights, so I would have to rule out the fact that he's doing it for the money. Um, is he doing it for the glory to get uh, you know another title, um, you know, added to his resume? Uh, he's he's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no question about yes. it. Yes. I mean, he doesn't have anything left to prove, you know, I, unless he's got something inside that he needs to prove. If that was the case, if, if you know, fighters that want to prove something to themselves and to, and to other people, they go out and do something like Sugar Ray Leonard did. And, and listen, you know, I keep comparing Sugar Ray Leonard, and it wasn't even that I was a huge fan of his, but, I, I, you know, it's so obvious that he did this. He went after the biggest, toughest challenge that he could find and, you know, when he came out of retirement and fought Marvin Hagler, you know, he went and seeked out the toughest. This is nothing like that. And no. to suggest that, you know, fans of Cotto are going to look at it as, as such. Um, I, 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 listen, they can't look at it any more than what it is, Sal. It's a cash-out fight, and it's no disrespect to Kamigagi because I think he might surprise Cotto. But even if Cotto loses, it doesn't do anything to his – Resume, it doesn't. Well, he puts a no. loss on his resume, but it doesn't do anything to his legacy. I, no. I just, I, I just don't see the need for the fight at all. Well, and that's why I said it's not going to be, you know, on a top burner to uh, have to run to the to the nearest place to go watch it. It's a, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it is what it is. You know, I, I can't deny what's in a person's heart or mind to make that comeback to go ahead in it. You know, there there are things in a course in, in in a career that you know you wish you could replay, that you wish you could do, and uh, you want to go out in a way that uh, you want to f- try to formulate. And some fighters get to do that, some fighters don't. And you know, you carry a lot of demons in your back, and like you said, for whether it was for something obvious or something on his in, in his inner spirit or mind, his heart. You know, this is this is what he's got to do for him, and. You know, uh, I, I guess that uh, I got to respect that because it's the same thing with me. I mean, you know, there were a lot of things that when I uh, I still have regrets about, you know, whatever. When I left Richie Giacchetti uh, and uh, had our, our fallout there, and I was supposed to go with uh, Al Cerdo, and I loved Al Cerdo, and, and I didn't. And Lenny Shaw, who had Charlie White Lightning Brown and got him a title fight and all this, and... You know, we talked about getting together. He would get me positioned for a title fight right away. And so I, I really should have gone when Al Cerdo and uh, Buddy McGirt was there. And I, uh, but I loved Al Cerdo, a great guy. But, you know, uh, uh, Lenny Shaw waved some money too. And I signed with him and, and uh, had a couple of big fights. Uh, you know, Don Turner was training me. And uh, uh, I had, uh, I leveraged myself in the USBA or NEBF in the top, top three, top four. And I was going to get a title shot, a 12-round title shot. I think it was going to be in the garden against the NABF or the USBA, uh, Kenny Bazemore, who was one of the uh, 
Sugar Ray Leonard, Bethesda, Bethesda Maryland uh, protégés. And uh, we were going to fight a 12-round fight for the title. And uh, everything was, I was in camp, we are training, we are training. And all of a sudden, who sneaks ahead of me for that same opportunity was one of Lenny Shaw's other fighters by the name of Harold Knight. Harold Knight got that fight. And Harold Knight beat Kenny Bazemore. Same fashion I thought I was going to beat Kenny Bazemore. He was tall, he was thin, and, and I, I, I love those tall, thin fighters. So Harold Knight gets to the shot. He wins the USBA title or title, uh, NBF, whatever it was. I think it was USBA. And then I remember seeing Bob Lee, and uh, who, who was uh, ahead of that whole thing. He said, Sal, we're going to owe you one. We're going to owe you one. Uh, you know, and I'm, geez, I, I was, I was, I was hurt by that whole thing. And I knew I lost a big opportunity there and I still to this day didn't know why, you know, it just, uh, you know, you are sometimes subject to things and decisions and moves outside of your, your control when you, uh, aren't handled properly. Well, the bottom line is I, Kodo has nothing left to prove. And, uh, you know, just to, uh, you know, have this fight. And I'm surprised HBO uh, even wanted it. I, I guess the deterioration of, of uh, his skill set, which I, you know, maybe I'm prematurely stating, um, will make it an interesting fight. I mean, Kamigagi comes at you. Kodo's a warrior. Uh, He's so a warrior. We could, we could guarantee one thing, that uh, it'll be action-packed. Hey, listen, let's take a short break. Uh, when we come back, uh, I got uh, some quick news. I got another guy who's slated for a comeback. And like I keep telling you, I'm a little surprised about this one. He's in the heavyweight. Not, not that I'm surprised he's fighting, but I just don't know where he sits. And we'll talk about that in about two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Uh, glad you could be with us today. Whenever you're uh, watching or listening, uh, we love having uh, you join us. And uh, Sal Rocky Senecos with me. And Sal, uh, one other thing I wanted to uh, mention real quick was, uh, you know, the Andre Ward uh, Sergey Kovalev rematch, uh, which is taking place June seventeenth, which is coming up pretty quick, man. June. Now June, I want to see that. I, I mean, June first yes. is here next week. I mean, man, uh, is this year flying by? We're halfway through the year almost. Uh, but anyway, they announced yesterday about uh, another fight that was added to this card. And uh, it's kind of, I, I like the matchup, but, but the parameters surrounding it are kind of funny. Um, Dimitri Bivol happens to be the current WBA interim light heavyweight champion. Now, I don't know if you can keep up with it all, Sal, but the fight between uh, Kovalev and Ward is for the WBA an IBF and regular WBA uh, light heavyweight title. So Dimitri Bivol happens to have the interim WBA title. So he's going to be fighting, and he's only 10-0 with eight knockouts. He's going to be fighting uh, Cedric Agnew, who uh, is a pretty good fighter. I, I like Cedric Agnew. Uh, he lost uh, uh, to, uh, I believe, Kovalev and uh, Fonfara. I believe those are his two losses uh, at the top of my head. But here's the funny part. 
It's a non-title fight. I, I, I mean, I, first of all, the guy's got an interim belt, and they don't even want to put that on the line. So therefore, even if Agnew wins this fight, Dimitri Bivol is still the guy in line to face, as far as the WBA is concerned, to face the winner of Kovalev Ward 2. What a joke that is, to be fighting a guy and not even put an interim belt, which in my opinion isn't even really a title belt, on the line. What do you think? I think it's, it's it, you know, don't even get me started. Well, you got me started. These interim belts and all this other, you know, like I said, it's the fluff without the stuff. Get it real, make it real, and make it happen. I don't know. I'm not too big on it. You know that. All right, so here we go. In the heavyweight division, um, you know, there's a, there's a handful of fighters that, you know, we keep our eye on, right? Yes. I mean, of course, uh, the top two guys, uh, whether you want to admit it or not, is Anthony Joshua and, De- and uh, Deontay Wilder. And, Agreed. I, you know, I, I personally think Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight in the world today. I don't think Wilder has faced um, anyone uh, to uh, uh, justify his pounding of the chest. Uh, Klitschko is still up there. Uh, as far as Joseph Parker, the other champion uh, for the WBO, um, he's a champion, but you know the value of the champions uh, go down uh, the turlet, so to speak, as Archie Bunker would say. Um, but the other name that is in the heavyweight division that had been associated with possible fights with Deontay Wilder is Alexander Povetkin. Now, Alexander yes. Povetkin... Uh, which is a fight that I did want to see between he and Deontay Wilder. But now that he tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs, not once but twice, Deontay Wilder refuses to fight him, just like he refuses to fight another guy I forgot to mention, Luis Ortiz, who's another big uh, name in the heavyweight division uh, today. So so Deontay Wilder is ducking the, the two bigger names aside from the biggest name, right? And he right. still looks for the for the low guy. But here's the thing. When you jump back to Povetkin, they just uh, signed, sealed, and delivered a fight. He's returning in July, July 1st. And he's taking on uh, a, a, a decent fighter in Andre uh, Rudenko uh, for, uh, uh, for, you know, to, main, to be a main event in, uh, in Russia, uh, Moscow. But my, my question, Sal, is a guy that's tested positive, a guy that's, you know, basically tossed out of the WBC rankings, or at least the way it, it stands right now, uh, who is Deontay Wilder's uh, belt, sanctioning body, however you want to look at it. What's he doing? I mean, I, by this guy fighting, I mean, uh, Rodenko is, is rated in the top 15 by three organizations. The WBO's got him at nine. The WBC's got him at 13. And the IBF also has him at 13. So he is ranked in the top 15 of uh, three of the four major sanctioning bodies. What does this do to Povetkin? I mean, you know, to me, as much as I wanted to see him fight Wilder to really give Wilder a test, I think it's really hard to look at Alexander Povetkin as anything more than a cheater, a performance-enhancing drug user. I mean, what's he got to do to get back in the mix? As far as I'm concerned, the WBC doesn't have him in the mix. He's not even ranked. What's your thoughts? Well, as you just said, he's a cheater. And the bottom line is, knowing this once, you try to overcome it and, and make up and, and go out of your way to overcompensate to uh, to assure everybody that, hey, 
well, however it happened, it happened, but uh, it's not me. It's not what's going to have to be looked at in the future. And you make that a point. You, 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 you sing it, you talk it, you yell it, and you back it up with your tests show. But when you fail it again, <laughs> if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, it looks like a duck, what is it? It's a duck. So he's a cheater. You know what? He shouldn't be even ranked. And he should even now have to do what I just said earlier. He's got to prove himself beyond a shadow of a doubt, take his tests every month, whatever it was, whatever it is, and he's got to work his way back up to the top. That's it. You know what? If he's serious about boxing. Otherwise, he can uh, open up a a pharmacy or a um, pizzeria, or a, uh, maybe a health pizza, food store, maybe a pizzeria. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a little no, about. No, he's it. a cheater. We talked a little about. Yeah, you can't be cheating on pizza, not with me. Yeah, but forget uh, about it. You, uh, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Uh, Omar Figueroa, undefeated fighter, uh, is taking on uh, Robert Gutierrez Guerrero on July fifteenth. Uh, so uh, you know, I- I'm not so sure uh, about. That fight, really. I, I mean, I, I think uh, I question where the ghost is right now. The co-main event, Marcus Brown going up against Shawnee Monahan, both undefeated fighters. Shawnee Monahan really hasn't, uh, in my opinion, fought uh, any top opposition yet. Uh, and neither has Marcus Brown, so that might be a, a really good fight. And then the return of Artur Spitzka uh, taking on uh, Adam uh, Kaunaki. Uh, in uh, a, a Polish heavyweight showdown. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, there. Um, we got some emails, Sal. So um, uh, before I uh, get going with those, how about some scores in baseball? There was no uh, NBA or NHL action. Uh, as you know, the Warriors are waiting for the winner uh, of the uh, um, Celtics um, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Many people believe that it's going to be a rematch of the uh, NBA Finals of last year when the Cavaliers uh, beat the Warriors. Warriors are resting and waiting uh, for the winner of this. Uh, uh, So we'll see what happens. Uh, That game uh, is tonight. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, if uh, Cleveland can close that one out or if uh, the Celtics hang on. Uh, Over in uh, the NHL, uh, the the same thing is is happening. Uh, The Senators are uh, uh, trying to... uh, uh, close out the Penguins uh, to advance uh, in there uh, uh, for the Stanley Cup. So we'll see what happens there. But in baseball, uh, we had some games uh, last night. The Twins beat the uh, Orioles 4-3. to The Blue Jays over the Brewers 8-4. to The A's over the uh, Marlins 4-1. to The Diamondbacks beat the White Sox 8-6. to The Reds over the Indians 4-3. to the Yankees keep winning, Sal. They shut out the I Royals love it. I three love it. to nothing. Do you nothing. understand? These pinstripes are coming through this year. I'm so excited. I, I just wish we could go to playoffs right now while they're on top. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, you know, being a I Mets fan, it. being a Mets fan, I, it makes me sick that the Yankees are doing so well. But uh, the Nationals beat the Mariners five to one. The Rockies beat the Phillies seven to two. The Red Sox over the Rangers nine to four. My hapless Mets, they suck. They suck. I can't. You can't say it any other way. They suck. They lost uh, another did heartbreaker. Say, wait, did you say Jets or Mets? Both. Both. They, they're, they're kind of the same, right? The, the Jets. They already have. Uh, they already have uh, some of the NFL experts have ha- they ranking the teams. You know, as they go right now, the teams are OTAs. They're uh, uh, doing the OTA practices, and um, you know the official uh, uh, off season starts. I, I believe in July. 
And uh, the experts are already ranking the Jets uh, as the worst team in the NFL, below Cleveland and, and some of the other teams, 49ers. They're ranking them as the worst team in the NFL. They're ranking the offense as the worst, the defense is the worst. Basically, the whole, the whole team is already ranked as the worst in the NFL, and they haven't even taken a snap yet. So well, what does that tell you? But anyway, in baseball, the Padres uh, beat the Mets, who could arguably be the worst team in baseball, 6-5. Uh, to five. Uh, the Rays beat the Angels 5-2. to two. The Pirates and the Braves had a battle going on uh, until the 10th inning when uh, the Pirates uh, exploded and beat the Braves 12-5, to five, put up six runs in that one. Uh, the Cubbies over the Giants 5-4. to four. The Tigers beat the Astros, who actually has got the best record in baseball, 6-3. to three. And the Cardinals uh, beat uh, the Dodgers, uh, who... Uh, uh, are looking pretty good this year. They didn't last night, but the uh, Cardinals beat the Dodgers 8-1. to one. So uh, uh, that's what took place uh, outside the boxing world, Sal. You know, there are other sports, you know. Uh, we there do are. We do touch on them a little bit. But, uh, yeah, but I think, you, I think you've had real bad luck and a bad run with teams that end with E-T-S. Oh, tell me about it. I'm a Net, <laughs> did did hey. I mention that I'm a Nets fan too? You know, I mean, uh, you know, you know, nobody's worse than, than my teams. But, you know... Me growing up, uh, you, you were a loyal fan, and and yes, it is what were. it is. You stay with your team, you, you know. But uh, right. anyway, we got some emails. This first one's from my man Jesse. He says, "Hey Billy C and Sal." He says, "I saw that Bivol will face Agnew. This should be a good fight since Agnew is pretty durable. I see good things from Bivol. Um, I like the fight too. Uh, I think Agnew." Uh, um, you know, he had some easy fights. He is a talented fighter. I think, uh, you know, he lost his first fight and then uh, got back in the ring too quick. He has been out for a little bit. And according to some reports that I've heard, um, he's uh, mentally focused, which he wasn't in his last fight. So it will be an interesting fight. Bivol's a good fighter, Sal. I mean, uh, you know, he's got the, uh, you know, only got 10 fights, but he's one of those fighters that had an extensive amateur career. And uh, he's the real deal, despite having uh, a belt that uh, I don't even have any value. Uh, interim belts, to me, it's just another. <laughs> I don't, don't want to hear it. Interim yeah. belt. Oh, gosh. It's. it's Okay. Yeah. But not only is it an interim belt, I love when they, they, they go, they're defending it. They're it's defending. like an, an interim belt is like an apology. It's, oh, yeah. like a, it's like a, well, hold on. We'll get you a real one soon. Or, yeah. Or, no, you know, but, what do you, I don't understand it. The, belt. The, the, the joke it's, it's like you're in between in between uh pants sizes <laughs> well the joke the joke of an interim belt is they defend it you know i mean <laughs> he's made and, he's, and 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 in this corner the interim champion who's made five successful defenses of his interim belt you know i mean <laughs> oh, man. oh man it's a joke who came it's up a with joke. that i want to know who came up with the interim belt well the sanctioning bodies came up with it because it's a way that they it's a way that they can make sanctioning fees you know i listen i i've i've learned to really gain a lot of respect for mauricio suleiman uh, especially since you know we had him on uh, uh, the show and everything, and I liked what I heard. But but I got to give him the credit with a straight face, even though we didn't have him on camera. With a straight face, he 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 told us that you know the WBC is a non for profit organization that they invest all their money back into boxing. I didn't want to say, oh well, what about the high rise hotel casino you guys got built? I mean, uh, 
you know, how does how does that connect? You know, but but you know, it's just they even get sanctioning fees for the elimination fight, Sal, which is which is another joke. I mean, um, I don't know. Once the sanctioning bodies take their claws out of out of the fighters, uh, maybe uh, maybe things will be better. But I don't see that happening. Not at least in my lifetime, which could end today. But uh, anyway. Uh, Jesse says, hey, Billy C., do you see the Brandon Rios versus Herrera bout uh, just being a back-to-the-feel-of-boxing bout for Bam Bam, or will it be challenging? Rios has been working with Ricky Funes in uh, the Joe Goosen gym, and he's been teaching him how to move and using better defense. He says, I might go to this fight. You know, I don't know, and that's a really good question from Jesse Sal, but I, I will say this, and, and, and I will admit that I'm biased towards Bam Bam Rios. I've always liked Bam Bam Rios, even despite some of his uh, shortcomings and some of his stupidity that he did and, and some of the way he acted, uh, uh, you know, not too respectful to other fighters, et cetera, et cetera. But what I like about him you know, he reminds me of, of, of the way you used to fight. I mean, uh, this is a guy that, that comes at you and is not afraid to take a shot and, and gives you, uh, you know, as much as he can in return. Uh, he loves fighting in phone booths. He's an extremely entertaining fighter. Uh, his shortcomings were basically, um, you know, discipline, you know, and, and lack of discipline is, is really uh, what forced him uh, added a limelight and then into retirement. So his comeback, I'm curious to see, and and I'm rooting for the kid. You know, uh, we have always said that fighters with that kind of a style have a short-lived career. So I wasn't surprised when he retired, and I'm not so surprised he's making a comeback because that's also kind of the pattern with all fighters. Sal, what's your thoughts on Pam Pam Rios? Well, I'd like to see him come back, and I'd like to see him have some success here. I like his style, and uh, as you said, it reminds me a little bit of my, my own style, and and uh, I can understand the whole comeback issue. You know, like I said, you you walk away, you got a couple demons on your back, you uh, you uh, you you have a hard time staying away, you know. And so let's let's uh, I'm gonna root for him and see what he could do. I think he he's got a good opportunity, he's got a good style, and uh, I hope he does very well. And I'm gonna root for him. Me too. Me batuba. Me um, batu. Uh, Jesse uh, says, uh, finally, he says, Billy, the Kodo versus uh, Kamagagi fight is a joke. Kodo should retire or fight Marquez. Both Kodo and Marquez don't have much left. Um, well, uh, he certainly <laughs> could make a heck of a lot more money fighting uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. Um, but but I, I, I honestly think, and, and I don't know this, but my opinion is that Miguel Cotto is looking for the historical factor here. He wants to get another belt. Um, you know, it would be uh, the only five-time uh, uh, five-belt uh, uh, holder uh, in Puerto Rican history. Um, but you know, you know what? Wait a minute. I, I don't know if that'll count because he, he's already won the junior middleweight title. So uh, I think they're billing it as the sixth title that he's won. Uh, okay. Not the six different weight class, but a, a belt six times. But either way, it's a historical fight for him should he come out on top. Uh, is he picking the best guy available? No. I do agree with Jesse uh, Sal that a fight with Juan Manuel Marquez 
would definitely be more interesting. And, oh, yeah. you know, the, the fact that they are both in the twilights of the career, even it up, you know, and that's similar with Mayweather Pacquiao when they fought, you know, everybody's always saying, oh, Mayweather. And, and let me just make sure everybody still understands that I'm not a fan of Mayweather, but. Uh, you know, Mayweather is older than Pacquiao, you know, and everybody always said, oh, well, Mayweather waited, uh, including myself, Mayweather waited for Pacquiao to, you know, uh, to diminish his skill set and blah, blah, blah. But like I've said, you know, Floyd wasn't in a time machine. He aged too, you know. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, the fight was, was even in that respect. They both aged, even though Floyd has less mileage on him because of the nature of how he fights. Uh, the facts are the facts. He's still older than Manny Pacquiao. The same would hold true. Juan Manuel Marquez and Miguel Cotto are both in the twilight of their career, but they're both in the twilight of their career. It's not like one guy is, you know, past his prime and the other one is in his prime and they're fighting each other. Those are the kinds of fights I hate. But when they're evenly old <laughs> or evenly uh, in the twilight of their career, I don't have a problem. What's your thoughts? I, you know, I concur with you right there. That's, that's, uh, you, 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 uh, you gave it, you perfectly laid it out. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I understand and I agree with your analogies there and everything else. And yeah, I, I like it. Although I like to see, uh, uh, an older man and sometimes they want a young buck, uh, coming up. But, uh, I think when they're on the equal basis, uh, the playing fields pretty much even. Yeah. Why not? You know? Have uh, bragging rights for uh, Geritol. So, in other words, in other words, you like to see, um, uh, yeah, you, li you like to see an older fighter, a younger fighter fighting a <clears throat> journeyman. You could call it a journeyman. Yeah, he's not just yet an opponent. Yeah, I, I like to see that sometimes. I do, I do. You well, know, I like to okay. see uh, the older guy still have a pop. Or still have enough to teach a younger guy a lesson. Well, according to HBO, if you have four losses, you're a journeyman. Well, I, <laughs> the know, H the I HBO know. I know where you're going with that. The HBO commentator. I, I still would rather sit and listen to Lampley, Max Kellerman, and Roy Jones Jr. any day of the year, week, month, whatever. I know. Over Mario Ronaldo, who, you know, if I hear the joke, he's hitting that body like there's candy in it. You know, I mean, the guy is a complete <laughs> moron. And we talked about it the other day. I don't understand why Showtime keeps the guy. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he steps all over uh, arguably the best uh, commentator in boxing and Al Bernstein. And, uh, and Paulie Malignaggi is doing pretty well for himself. And, and hey, he does. You know, I, I just think that uh, it's awful. It's awful. I, I, I don't know what else to say. But uh, I, got... I, think, I think it's part of uh... – I don't know, maybe the shock appeal, because you don't know really. He, he, he's predictable to be unpredictable, I guess, is what they market. I don't know, in some, some way, shape, or form. I don't know. Uh, listen, this, I, I'm just talking about Ronaldo. He's the worst. That's, uh, that's what I'm talking about. He's predictable to be unpredictable. You don't know what, I, what, what the acronym or what else. But I don't think he's unpredictable. I think he's predictable. I think that's he's, what I'm saying. Yeah, but you're saying he's predictable to be unpredictable. Well, well, yeah, I mean, because... Hey, Slip yeah, Mahoney, yeah. come on, man. You know, I mean, what are you saying? You know, uh, up <laughs> is down, bad is good. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like when you say, when you say to somebody, he's bad. 
Oh, he's bad? No, no, but that's good. No, wait, wait, a good. Minute, wait a minute. You mean you mean you mean bad is good? No, no, no. But he's no, he's no. bad. That's good. Oh, oh, oh. But no, no, he's bad. Oh, is that good? No, no, that's bad. You know, it's like what the what the f are you talking about? Is he good or bad? No, he's bad. Oh, that's bad. good. He's yeah. Bad. But he's bad. Oh, that's good? No, that's bad. Oh, okay. I don't know. Man. I don't know. That's good. Who's on first? Bro? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Third base. But uh anyway, we got another email. This is uh, from our man Joel, who just left the chat room. All right, uh, he says, we probably uh, taste hey, him out. <laughs> no, we didn't. He had, he had something called the job. He's going to, you know, some uh, so uh, anything. Uh, he says, uh, "Hey, Billy, seeing Sal? Who's the Sal guy? He speaks. Oh, 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 Senecola. Okay. He says uh, there's a small uh, boxing pay per view flying under the radar that's happening this weekend in Mexico." Uh, featuring uh, Romer, uh, Alexis, and Angulo finding Rolando Mancilla for the vac—excuse me—for the vacant WBO Latino Super Middleweight title. I've never heard of these guys, and I'm surprised it's even priced on pay-per-view at $24.95. I guess if a promoter has money, they could put on any kind of a card they want on pay-per-view. The only notable fighter in on this card is a kickboxer and MMA fighter uh, named Tyrone Sprong. Uh, open up the broadcast, looking to stay undefeated when he faces a 6-11 heavyweight. Curious on your and Sal's thoughts about these kinds of events, and don't you think it's a bad financial decision when both guys in the main uh, event uh, aren't even recognizable to the hardcore fan? Um, well, you know, that's a tough question. Uh, I... My opinion of pay-per-views um, are actually twofold, Sal. One, I believe that a pay-per-view, a major play pay-per-view, a pay-per-view that's on, you know, HBO pay-per-view or Showtime pay-per-view, uh, or even top-ranked pay-per-view, is uh, it, it needs to be a, a, a major fight. Mega fight. Uh, yeah. yeah, mega fight. Uh, or, or even even a major major fight, you know, between yeah. two guys, it's got to have uh, you know some some teeth in the fight. There, there, there's something. It's got There's got to be a main thing uh, at yeah. stake, whether it be a collection of belts, because a belt now doesn't mean crap. You know, uh, you know, really, uh, the value of a belt honestly doesn't mean much. So it has to have sure. several belts, or it has to have some serious bragging rights, or or it just has to have. You know, uh, a 50-50 fight, a, a fight that you may be going one way, I go another. Those are the kinds of fights I, I like because it, it tells me that it's going to be uh, competitive. Um, that's one side of a pay-per-view. The other side of a pay-per-view would be the opportunity to watch a fight that you may not have had otherwise on regular television uh, or on the internet streaming, and your only option is to pay for it and to and to have it, a la uh, Fight TV, uh, one of the channels we're on. Uh, they offer a lot of pay-per-views that you can watch on your computer uh, at affordable prices. You know, nine ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine, whatever. So I think it's a it's it's a situation like that. Now this particular one, it doesn't really cost the pay the promoter money to put it on. I mean, he's got to produce it and stuff, so I guess the expense is there. But my uh, shock on this one, Sal, is the pay-per-view company that's offering it because they're the one that has to sell it to the distribution 
And they're the one that, you know, is splitting the money and what have you. And if they don't think that it's going to cover their cost, their their uh, production cost, um, if they're handling the production or, you know, I don't know what the details of, of this particular one, but it's one of two things. Either the promoter picks up the pr production cost and then they split the distribution rights, go to the pay-per-view company, and then they split whatever after the networks get their piece. Or the um, pay-per-view company pays for the production and then the uh, promoter splits uh, a percentage of the profits after everybody uh, gets their piece. As far as this particular fight, because it's taken place in Mexico, I'm not so sure. I mean, the biggest audience for this fight would be in Mexico. So yes. I don't know what the answer is to this. It does seem a little strange that there's not even, uh, you know, I was just saying pay-per-views need major titles on. This doesn't even have a major title. This has a Latino title. What's your quick thoughts before I got to take a break? I don't know. Is that bad? Is it bad or is it bad isn't good? Um, <laughs> I think it's bad. I think it's bad. They're like, as in bad is bad. You know, not bad it's bad. bad. Like bad is good. You know, no, I think it's bad. bad. Is good. I think it's bad. <laughs> no, this bad is bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't have too many thoughts uh, that are positive on this. I, I know it's, uh, you know, like I said, we, we like or we look forward to and we will pay for something that has some significance, some some uh, some teeth in the steak, if you will, or something at stake. I'm I hungry. Go, I could go for a steak myself. <laughs> what, you finally finished all that candy that you had over there or what? You know, geez. Hey, I still have this. <laughs> hey, listen, you go nibble on that. We're going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, I got some more emails. And uh, we'll start uh, talking about uh, Kel Brook uh, yeah. and his big fight with Errol Spence, uh, which is uh, taking place uh, this weekend. So uh, don't go nowhere. Uh, we'll be right back. Billy Z will be right back. Part of the Billy Z Boxing Network. Check out BillyZBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyZBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy Z. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Uh, glad you could be with us today. And uh, with me now is uh, my man uh, Sal Rocky. Uh, Senecola and Sal, we got another email. Oh well, actually, we still got one. Uh, this is still uh, from Joel. He says, "Hey guys, I'm not sure if you uh, heard, but it was announced that Robert Stiglitz hung up his gloves. He says in parentheses, we'll see for how long, and retired, thus making his EBU light heavyweight title vacant. Stiglitz fought to a draw against uh, Nikolai uh, Sojokla a few months ago in a really dull fight." Uh, maybe all the wars, wars he's been in finally made him come to this kind of a decision. What's your thoughts? Um, I, I mean, you know, only the fighter knows when it's time to, to hang him up, right, Sal? I'm, well, I, I'm asking the wrong guy. Uh, You're asking uh, the wrong guy. Uh, uh, I, I mean, truthfully, all kidding aside, I mean, that, that's really it, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, you, you have, you know, a certain skill set that you – you know, a fighter will always feel that he is still capable of, of doing. That's why you're a fighter, Bill. I mean, you you do not concede, um, 
or go along with the norm or the crowd or the average. You you are a fighter. You you have it in your heart of hearts that, you know, you're special. You're better. You're you're different. You know, it, whether it's true or not is the reality of what happens in the end. Um, but you know, there's that fire in the belly. And some fighters they they can channel it. They could work with it. They could do other things. But uh, other fighters, you know, that's all they have. And they uh, they you know rather chomp on that bit than let go for a while. And you know that's that's me too. I got other things in my life, but boy, I'll tell you, I still still want that fight. Still want. I'll, I'll go back tomorrow. You know that. Uh, fire in the belly. Yeah. Fire in the belly. I, I got. I got. I got, I, I, I was just gonna say, I got a little fire <laughs> a little in the belly. <laughs> I got a little fire in the belly this morning, man. Last night I, I had uh, some really hot hot chili, which I love. I just couldn't stop eating it. You know, I mean. I love hot Wait, food. Wait, hot chili. It's contradictive. Hot chili? Yeah, it's like, no, you know, I know. Like yeah. Hot or chili? It's like almost, that's bad. No, it's, it's like good. a hot tamale. Bad. You know, oh, no, oh, no, that's the weather tomorrow. But, uh, no, the, the the truth of the matter is I love chili. And the hotter, the spicier, the more I, I, I eat it. And uh, now that I, I finally hit 30, I, you know, it really affects me uh, a little differently. But, uh, anyway, we got another email here. Uh, this one's from my man Mitch. He says, uh. The only way uh, Javante Davis uh, leaves Floyd is if his, and he says Javante's, uh, ego keeps getting bigger. He says there's a lot of inside stories on this kid uh, that you guys don't know. He says, I know him and the stories personally. Let me put it to you this way. He and Floyd are the same guy, if you follow me, with women, with money, with his circle of friends, you name it. It's the same guy. So I'm wow. sure the ego will follow. Um, wow. You know, I, I got I got a lot of uh, uh, flack for, for, for yesterday's show, you know. And, and, you know, what bothers me the most about the people that stick up for Floyd is, you know, they stick up for Floyd. They'd say that I'm, you know, some, some comments I, I saw – Billy C., you know, you're being disrespectful to Floyd. Floyd's the best of this era. Floyd is an all-time great. Uh, you know, don't disrespect Floyd. Floyd, uh, J Davis would be nowhere without Floyd. No one would know his name, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I think that's such, uh, first of all, it's a credit to Floyd, Sal. And the reason why I say this is because Floyd has bamboozled and, and been successful with his smoke and mirrors BS on all his fans that they believe that he's as good as he, he says he is. Um, is he, was he a great fighter? Yes. He's going to go down in history as an all-time great. There's no question about it. Where he fits on that list of all-time all greats is 100% subjective. On my all-time great list, which I don't, even put a fighter on until they're out of the ring for five years. If I had, if a gun was to my head and I had to put him on there, I don't have him anywhere near the top 25. I, I have him probably at number 25. I could rattle off 25 fighters that were way better than Floyd when you look at all-time greatness uh, and when you take into account, uh, you know, who he fought and when he fought them. Now, in defense of Floyd, he can only be criticized for not fighting certain fighters uh, um, during his era. He can't be criticized for a weak division at any given time. We can't do that. You can only criticize a fighter that 
didn't fight a fighter in his division during his reign. Um, Floyd has fought a lot of big names, but the timing of those fights um, is what is under scrutiny. And the other thing is, is you know, there's no one that can convince me that Floyd, at least for the last 10 years, has ever been in an exciting fight. Uh, Floyd's M.O. is cautious, cautious, cautious. You know, don't get hit. Run, run, run. You know, land one or two punches and get out of harm's way. Use his athletic ability and his speed, et cetera, et cetera, and don't make a fight of it. That's Floyd's M.O. Now, if you like that, if you think that that's boxing, well, more power to you. Uh, you know, that's not boxing, and it's certainly not the sweet science. It worked for Floyd. There lies the issue. It worked for Floyd. Floyd was successful at it, more successful than probably anyone else financially will be for a very long time. You know, I give him that credit. But when we're talking about Javante Davis, Javante Davis displays um, a certain special quality. And what Mitch is talking about here outside the ring, if he's alluding to the fact that he's pompous and you know, he treats people with no respect and he beats up women and, and you know, uh, likes to make money and all those things that he was, you know, subliminally uh, mentioning about Floyd because we all know that's true. The thing is, is that, you know, you got to look at his skill set. And I'm talking about Javante here. You look at his skill set. And I think that this kid has the, the tools to be an all-time great. I think if he keeps in the direction he's going and fighting in the style in which he is, in that aggressive style, uh, utilizing his athletic ability and hand speed. Remember, he's only 22 years old. And, you know, here's a kid that could conceivably fight for five more years, retire before he's 30, and still be considered an all-time great. He's got the dance partners in the division. Now, the, the influence that Floyd will have on him will determine if he takes the easy way out and tries to bamboozle opponent uh, uh, and bamboozle the fan base. That is what my point was yesterday. And that is why I feel that Javante Davis should get away from Floyd now. Be his own self. Create a name for Javante Davis. Not Javante Davis under Floyd's uh, tutelage or Javante Davis, Javante Davis um, you know, under Floyd's wing. Uh, or under Floyd's uh, promotional company. All of that is taken away from Javante Davis. Javante Davis is Javante Davis, and I think he should capitalize on that. I think he could be very successful, both historically in boxing and financially in his pocketbook. What do you think, Sal? Well, I'll tell you, I, I share some of your uh, thoughts, but I also have to look at it a little differently, and, and from my perspective... You know, I think that Floyd did help him along, uh, give him some notoriety early uh, with with uh, his skill set being there. You know, still the Floyd flag, you know, might have propelled him a little bit early on. And uh, I think, you know, he could be a standalone kind of guy where, where his, his fist will do the action, and he could definitely do that uh, going forward. But I, I don't see really anything wrong with his current alignment with Floyd. At this time, I, I, I think, you know, if there's a mentor figure there, big brother figure there, and, you know, Floyd is Floyd. I mean, uh, he's got a fan base, and, you know, it, it's 
no wonder and no matter that uh, Floyd's fan base will also be uh, subject to uh, identifying uh, uh, Javante Davis as as uh, the the heir to the fan base, and um, that's passing the torch if if Floyd is finished with boxing once and for all. So I I don't see it really that negative. Uh, unless Floyd is going to make him do the sidesteps, the dancing around of not fighting the best out there at the time when he could fight these guys. I think I think Javante Davis does have a, a big, big mega superstar career ahead of him. I think he's got to be careful. He's got to make the right moves. And I think he's got to fight the fights. And if he does that, yeah, you're going to see you're going to see him being a superstar of tomorrow. And whether Floyd is on board uh, still in that stage of the game or they have a fallout for whatever reason. I don't think Floyd's alignment right now is, is that detrimental to, uh, to Javante Davis's career. You know, you make a great you, – you just, you just made a really good point about your comment when you said heir to the fan base. That is brilliant, ding, Sal. Ding, ding, ding. It's That's true. Brilliant. I, I thought so. Sal, yeah, that, exactly. was a, that was a, 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 a bad answer. And, I mean, Thank bad you. means that good. That good? Was, Sal, that was a badass answer, man. You know, yeah. I mean, that Thank was you good, you know? you know. But, uh, you <laughs> know, I, I, I mean, but, but, but. I thought of that on my own, too, Bill. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> truth, the truth is, you know, um, that, that's a really good point. But, but here's the thing, and, and you're right. At this point, we haven't really seen. My opinion is that everybody that Floyd has touched in terms of uh, boxers have, uh, you know, kind of fizzled out like a bottle rocket, you know. Um, and, and, And I think the main reason is, you know, just like Larry said yesterday, you know, when you're in that limelight and it starts to dim or it starts to the spots taken off of you and put on somebody else, it, it, it's hard to adjust. And, you know, Floyd definitely is an egomaniac. Now, you could look at this two ways. We could say that Floyd is going to guide uh, Javante Davis down the safety first path. And, you know, uh, the end result will be a, a nice looking record and a not-so-nice-looking resume and probably a lot of money in the bank, which sounds pretty attractive uh, to any young fighter or any young person, anybody for that matter. Um, and, and that would be my initial thought is what he would try to do. However, because of Floyd's ego, maybe Floyd is going to be thinking the opposite. Maybe he's acting like he's helping uh, Javante Davis um, and, you know, deep down doesn't want this kid to be as successful as himself. So maybe he will guide him down a tougher path. Maybe he will guide Javante Davis through the fights that he should fight. Think about the division and the fighters that are around his weight class who could fight Javante Davis right now. Lomachenko is obviously a name. Leo Santa Cruz. Carl Frampton, to name a few. Abnamares is a tough fighter. I mean, these are all guys that Javante Davis could be fighting and really show his stuff. Now, I'm not suggesting that he gets put in too tough to just for, so, him, so he can lose, but I do believe that he has the skill set, and if he fights these guys, he will get better and better. And maybe, and I don't think it's far-fetched to believe, maybe 
he ends up better in the all-time great category, and 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 I'm just saying this specu- on speculation, than Floyd is. Floyd's in the all-time great list right now, whether he fights again or not. He's in there. Where you put him is a matter of debate. Javante Davis is not there yet, but I'm just saying that he has the potential of eventually being there. That's my thoughts on on that. And um, but you know, you make a good point. Uh, we don't know what Floyd is going to do. Time will tell, right? That is true. You know, and, and Floyd, uh, whether he is finished or, or he wants one or two more fights uh, to put a big sign- signature and go out with a bigger bang than uh, he did with Pacquiao, you know, we'll see. The bottom line is I think that uh, Javante Davis does have a stellar future ahead of him. And just like I saw, and last week I predicted that this guy was going to go in there because his belief ability in his, in himself and you know if is it is it uh, his bragging rights is it being cocky no he does believe that he is is destined for greatness and a fighter believing that is a very very dangerous fighter and he's capable of getting in with people that may be even a little more experienced and a little better than him at the time but still the heart, the fire, the passion, the desire, the conditioning, he may come out the victory even if uh, he's not quite ready for that opponent. So this guy right now is on all – the blinders are on, all balls forward, and he's he's going to – I'm telling you, he's got some good opportunities ahead of him uh, to, to rise the occasion and do something very, very special in boxing and for himself. You know, the guys in the chat room are making some great points. Uh, my man Coach says – you know, that uh, uh, Javante Davis has already done something that Floyd Mayweather would never do, and that's go to the U.K. and fight someone in someone else's backyard, which is 100% true. Floyd Mayweather, um, you know, fights 100% on his terms. He only fights at home. Uh, You know, he's got to have all the uh, everything in his way. So uh, Coach has said that. And then uh, Kevin says, that's correct. He goes, uh, there's no uh, Khan or Brooke on Mayweather's resume. Um, and, you know, w- when you mention a guy like Ricky Hatton, uh, he made Hatton rise up to 147 pounds to fight Floyd. And Ricky Hatton was nowhere. I mean, yes, he ballooned up to over 200 in between fights, but he wasn't a 147 pounder, you know. And, and the, the thing I remember about that fight, um, not only uh, – uh, that I think that might have been Floyd's last legitimate knockout win. Uh, I don't count the Victor Ortiz sucker punch, but uh, when Ricky Hatton, he had to come to Vegas and fight Floyd, and Ricky Hatton had uh, more fans that made the, the travel, the trip from England to support him uh, than uh, than Mayweather had live. You know, so uh, I mean, at the end of the day, Mayweather won. But uh, uh, some good points that. You know, Floyd, Floyd, you know, when you listen to him talk, uh, if you can understand what he's saying, you know, he's not as bad as uh, uh, Bernard Hopkins. But I mean, at least Bernard Hopkins can read and write Uh, Floyd Mayweather, uh, from what I understand, uh, can't, you know, he's, you know, he he, the little train that could. He's he's still trying to get through that book. But um, the truth of the matter is, is that Floyd talks about himself. Uh, as you know, doing all these great things, and he wants oh well, fighters got to do like I got to do. They got they do like I did. They got to fight the best. They got to do. It. And I say to myself, does 
does Floyd, is he saying this just to reiterate uh, the, the bamboozle and smokescreen that he's laid out for all of his fans? Or does he really believe that he has? You know, and, and I love when, when fans tell me, oh, you see him oh, when he works the mitts with his pops. You know, oh, man, he's so fast. He's so this. It's choreographed. It's memory, oh, muscle memory. Yeah. He knows where the mitts are. He doesn't have to look. Yeah, they did it blindfolded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all of that stuff. You know, you want to impress. Here's what you do. If Floyd Mayweather really cared about the history of boxing, he would go out. First of all, he doesn't have to come back to prove anything. The Conor McGregor no. talk is all, you know, it's an easy payday for Floyd. And I do give Floyd credit for, for, for hey, if they want to throw $100 million at him for an easy night's work, more power to Floyd. But the truth of the matter is, is my hang-up is not that. And I've said this a hundred times, Sal. My hang-up is not that Floyd will fight Conor McGregor and make that money. And yes, boys and girls, it'll be an easy fight for Floyd. My hang-up is that it's going to be for his 50th win. My hang-up would be towards any commission that approves that fight as a legitimate fight. If it was an exhibition... I have no problem. As a matter of fact, I'll not only be the first to buy it, I'll even pay for someone else's uh, pay-per-view to watch it. That's how much I would love to watch the fight, um, as long as it's not a real record-counting fight, because that's not fair to all the great fighters that have made this sport so good, so great. And, you know, like the greats before him, they did things that were great outside the box. You know, a fighter that fights at 147, I want to prove I'm the best, so what do you do? You go after a 160-pounder. You know, a, a heavyweight, or not even a heavyweight, even Evander Holyfield. You, whether people like Evander or not, this was a light heavyweight that turned cruiser that went into the heavyweight division and became an all-time great as a heavyweight. He was never that big. He, he slowly built up his body. <clears throat> Let's hope he wasn't uh, using uh, performance-enhancing drugs. But the truth <laughs> of the matter is, is uh, you know, he did what he had to do. And, you know, he, he fought outside the box, you know, and that's something that Floyd doesn't do. But he, he takes credit like he has. That's my hang-up with Floyd, inside the ring. Outside the ring, I have a lot of hang-ups with him as a human being, but I try, like I've been criticized, and I try to follow the rule that I don't want to uh, incorporate his outside-the-ring antics, beating up 18-, 19-year-old security guards, smacking women around, uh, doing all the, the the things that he does do, disrespecting people. Um, outside the ring, that's his business. He could do whatever the hell he wants. Inside the ring, he's got to perform. He performs, he wins, but let's be real, he doesn't face the best of the best. And I just think Javante Davis uh, is one of these young fighters that sky's the limit. I want to see this kid continue to move upward, not backward. And if you're right, and if Larry's right, because both you guys disagree with me, that Floyd is actually a positive influence on uh, Javante, then, uh, hey, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope and I swear that I hope I'm wrong uh, because uh, if, if hey, listen, if Floyd, Floyd Mayweather could change my attitude about himself, not that he gives a rat's ass, but he could very easily, all he's got to do is focus on his promotional company and give the credit what credit's due. No one was a bigger star in boxing than 
than Oscar De La Hoya when he was fighting. And yet, he has become a very successful promoter. Yes, he says stupid things and does stupid things. Yes, yes, yes. But it's always about his fighters. Unless he does something stupid, then it's about him. You never see him referring to himself. Roy Jones Jr. refers to himself more than anyone else. It, it just, I can't stand it. When a fighter is done, they need to move on. Stop talking about yourself and your career. To me, it's a turnoff. What do you think, Sal? Well, I like to talk about myself, too. But now I'm teasing. Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to say this. I, I, I couldn't help but uh, think about it. And, and as you suggested, I do think that Floyd is still good for Javante Davis on some levels. And whether going forward he will uh, uh, direct him or suggest he goes vicariously through maybe fighting the tougher opposition because uh, he is a different fighter. He is a different style, but he does have uh, some of the attributes and, and that I think Floyd admires and, and you know, can direct. But I'm going to tell you this right now, Billy C. I couldn't help just let my mind wander. And I've suggested this before. With all the rhetoric with this Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather and all this other stuff, don't be too surprised because you've heard it from me before. And you may hear from me a couple of dozen times going forward. If Floyd Mayweather is not ringside, for the Canelo Alvarez Triple G fight. And once that winner at the end of the fight and the end of the night is apparent and announced that Floyd Mayweather gets right up in that ring, says, that's my 50th win right there. I'm telling you. And I think you have a different opinion of Floyd. I think, he, I think he's thinking about this. I know you're laughing. I know it's a joke of the day. But Floyd Mayweather, you want to see something very special. And Floyd... They're cheering. They're cheering. They're going into battle. This is better I for like you. I like that. I like that. I thought Europe was a country. I don't know what they mean. <laughs> what show is this? It's the Billy C. Blonde moment of the day. That, that's Sal's blonde moment of the day. Come on, man. He ain't, he's not doing anything along those lines. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. He doesn't challenge I, I, himself. I, I, he's a, I would love it if he did, but he won't. He won't. He's a fraud when it comes to that. All he does is fight the easiest fights. If he did that, Sal, I would announce the following day. I would even do on the post-fight show. I would announce that I've become the biggest Floyd Mayweather fan there is. I would. You, you carry call, a spit you could bucket. Start, you you could, carry a spit bucket. I, you carry. A spit I, bucket. I would carry a spit bucket. I, I, right. I, I would shine his shoes. I would. I if he did that. If he did that, I would come on and you could call me. Billy C. Mayweather. All right, because I, I would be his biggest fan. If he did that, Sal. If he did that, I my respect level for Floyd Mayweather would rise like Jesus did himself on the and third day. But, but I, listen I, to the logistics of this potentially having happening. Floyd Mayweather has got a very, very, very big ego. And if he believes in his heart of hearts that he is special, he is the best, and, and he's legit on so many levels, what better way to sign off a career and a couple hundred million dollars then to step up in the ring immediately after that fight is completed and say, I am going to fight the winner for my 50th victory and go get the middleweight championship of the world. Hey, I love it. I could write that story. 
let's get Floyd on page and make sure he does it. <laughs> Sal, I I agree with you. I've been saying this for. He's for, got that ego. Yeah, but he he also he 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 doesn't have the balls. He doesn't. He's a wimp when it comes to that. Well, he, he, he already beat Alvarez, and he says he could give uh, Triple G a box. No, weapon. he said not. Not only did he say he was gonna, he said he was gonna school him, and he said he right. because he knows he can school Triple G so easily that he doesn't have to fight him. And and that's such a scam. <laughs> that's just, and and yes, you're right. He already beat Canelo, but he fought. See, this is where people have to give Floyd the credit. He's brilliant in that respect. Because yes, he yeah. saw that Canelo was getting better. Hey, listen, hold that thought because uh, we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, let's finish that conversation uh, yeah, because head, uh, I, I can't believe we've taken a Floyd Mayweather turn. But uh, uh, let's take a short <laughs> break and uh, we'll be back in uh, a couple. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where? Back. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show, and uh, we're having some fun right now. Uh, I'm joined with uh, my man uh, Sal uh, Rocky uh, Senecola, and Sal, um, you know, you, you really uh, got us going here with the uh, Floyd Mayweather talk, and you know, the brilliance. Before we went to break, the brilliance of Floyd was the fact that he saw Canelo as a rising star, and he knew that Canelo was going to get better. Now, I, I do think that Canelo has peaked out, but when Floyd fought Canelo, there was no doubt that Canelo had a lot of holes in his game, and Floyd took yep. that fight at that time. Now, if you are correct, Sal Nostradamus, if, if you are correct, and Floyd did grow the hairs on his you-know-whats and challenged the winner of Triple G and Saul Canelo Alvarez ringside, I think that Floyd's value would skyrocket. And I don't mean money-wise now because, you know, he makes more money. He can't spend all the money that he's got. But I think that his value from people like myself, not that he gives a rat's ass, but all-time great status rises. Whether he wins, loses, or draws in the fight, I think the fact that he challenges himself to go after a fight, uh, you know, a, a, win, a fight like the winner of Canelo and, and Triple G would be amazing. And, and to tell you the truth, that's what I've looked for from Floyd for his entire career, to do something that is great, that is outside the box like that, something that he has not done. Floyd has always picked the easiest path to a victory or money or whatever. But if he did what you suggest, which I've mentioned many times, to fight Triple G, uh, similar to Ray Leonard coming out and going after Hagler, you know, for him to fight arguably the best two, and and he's got a good shot. If Triple G wins, I believe 
that Floyd does have the skill set to beat Triple G. I don't think he schools him, like Floyd says, but I think Floyd could win that fight. We saw Triple G have trouble with movement against Daniel Jacobs and, uh, you know, even Kell Brook for a while. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I, I see Floyd being, uh, and, and we all know Canelo can't hit uh, on the move. So, again, Floyd Floyd would be, I got news for you. I think Floyd could beat both of those fighters, Sal. I hate <laughs> to admit it, but I think Floyd could beat both of them. But I want to see it. I don't want to, don't, yes. don't, uh, let's not just assume, and, and because he has the potential of winning, that the fight doesn't even have to happen. But if you were right, if he did that, God, would I, I, I would be, you could call me Billy C. Mayweather, really. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But I will tell you this. I could actually see it happen. I'm wearing my Nostradamus hat. And this, and this, this, this oh, by the way, this is going to be me in about 50 years. Right there. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to tell you something. I could see this happening. Yes, Floyd Mayweather did go into the ring with a very young, developing Canelo Alvarez. And Canelo is a better fighter today than he was when he fought Mayweather. But as you suggested, he may have already reached his uh, full potential. We don't know yet. Uh, he could have leveled out or he could still be growing. Who knows? Um, but I could see Floyd in his heart of hearts still feeling or feeling like he could still beat Canelo Alvarez any day of the week because he did it once, he could do it again. I could also see Floyd looking at the last two performances of Triple G saying, hey, I could outbox this guy, I could lead him down a path, and I'm going to capitalize and I could beat him. So with, those, with that kind of ego and that kind of scenario that Floyd feels in his heart of heart, hearts to be true, don't be surprised if he steps up in that ring after the fight. He says, I'm ready, and this is the fight I want, and this is the fight that I'm going to do. And, this is the, and you know what? He's got an ego, and this, what better way to sign off than have a stellar, stellar fight, a mega fight, and that would be a mega fight. You think this Canelo Alvarez Triple G fight is going to be big? You watch. If Floyd takes on a winner, that'll be a hell of a fight. I would love it. Don't count on it. Floyd, Floyd's okay. ego is huge, but... Uh, I think we should promote it. <laughs> but not only is Floyd's ego huge, but um, he would never take a challenge. He's, he's, he's ducked challenges throughout his whole career. He'll duck this one. Um, but, uh, you know, instead he takes the... Con Listen, look at it from Floyd's perspective. Yeah. Let's say he can make $100 million, uh, or he could probably make $200 million if he fought the winner of Canelo uh, Triple G, but... Let's say yeah. he can make $100 million if he fights Conor McGregor, who he should have no problem winning. No problem. For him to make $100 million in one night of easy work, sparring, if you will, um, versus making double that in a knockout dragout fight, because even though he does have the potential of beating Triple G and Canelo, uh, it isn't going to be easy, you know. He will no, have to work for easy. it. Yeah. So, so, um, but no, let's not even get jacked up for it because uh, I'm getting jacked up. You know why? Because there again, his ego. It'll be one of the largest purse purses in the history of boxing, and that's part of the feeding into the ego too. He gets two hundred million dollars, one of the largest purses any fighter ever walked away with, 
And you know that goes made into two, the whole. He already thing. got two, he already got two hundred million for the, for the boring fight that he had against Pacquiao. Well, I meant two hundred fifty million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was only about a hundred million after taxes. The poor guy. How well, can after he taxes. How, how can he survive on that? How can he survive you know? on that? You know, he makes more money in interest than than I've than I will have made in my whole life. You know, but uh, I know you and me both, pal. You and me both. Hey, listen, but listen, I I love that as a fantasy. I love that as a. You want to talk about fantasy boxing? There it is, right there. Let uh, let Floyd Mayweather get up in the ring after the fight with Triple G and Canelo Alvarez, and let him take on the winner of that fight. I think that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, me too. But uh, don't <laughs> count on it. Um, right. So the big fight that we're going to talk about tomorrow on tomorrow's show. Uh, we'll start uh, breaking down and giving you our predictions on the big fight this weekend between uh, Kel Brook, who's the uh, uh, IBF World Welterweight Champion, uh, and uh, Errol uh, Spence Jr., uh, undefeated uh, fighter uh, coming out of the U.S., uh, going over to England. And uh, I love this fight, Sal, and, and I know you do too. Um, the only reason why we're not doing a post-fight show on this one uh, is because... Um, the fight is actually uh, got a, uh, a start time early. And we found uh, in the past that a lot of people, uh, especially on the weekends, are doing things during the day, during the early hours, and they'll watch the fight later. So uh, we're all about, uh, you know, getting the biggest audience we can. So um, that uh, probably won't happen, even though it's a, a big fight. And maybe we should even consider it because we aren't doing a live show on Monday. Monday's a holiday here in the States. Uh, so we won't be back until uh, Tuesday. But tomorrow, uh, we will be uh, breaking down these fights. But um, one thing I wanted to throw at you, the co-main event that we're going to be able to watch as well, and, and this, the, both of these fights will be aired on Showtime, is uh, uh, Georgie Groves going up against uh, Fedor Chudinov uh, for a uh, WBA super middleweight title. Um, but uh, there's a fight that's not going to be on television, I think. Maybe it's going to be on a, a substation or whatever. But for the vacant Commonwealth heavyweight title, David the White Rhino Allen, who's from the UK, who sits on a record of 11 wins, two defeats, and one draw with eight knockouts, is taking on my man. I say my man because I'm, I'm friends with this kid. And I love him. He's a nice guy. Lenroy Thomas, who's out of Florida. Uh, you guys might remember him as part of the ESPN heavyweight tournament. Uh, he did get stopped in that one. Uh, he busted onto the scene with a devastating knockout win, but then uh, came back and lost. He's got a record now. 20 wins, 4 losses, with 10 of his wins coming by knockout. Um how does a guy from the United States, Sal, fight for a vacant uh, Commonwealth title uh, from the UK? I mean, I, those are local titles. That's like saying, let's have a, a New York state title and have a guy from California and a guy from Massachusetts fight for it. I mean, it's an oxymoron. How does a guy that's not even from the UK get to fight for a UK title? And then if he should win... What, he defends a U.K. title in Florida? I mean, I, what do you think? Well, there, there you go again. Uh, I'll tell you, Bill, I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, that's, a, that's an oxymoron right there. I don't know. It's, uh, it's an oxy clean. It's, uh, it's something. I'm taking us to the cleaners. No, I, um, 
I could see fighting for the title, but I mean, what, what's uh, what are you going to do? Like you said, defend it in Florida. Um, I just think that's, I think that's a strange that's a strange animal right there. Well, I just think regional titles belong in the regional region. Regional titles belong in the region. In the region that they're at, that they are. You know, I mean, you know, if you're going to have a a, a a Commonwealth British title, you have Brits fight each other. If you're going to have an African title, you have the Africans fight each other. You know, if you're going to have a USA uh, title, you have United States fighters fighting each other. I mean, that's what regional titles well, that's are what we about. Always had. And, you know? and that's it. So yeah. I, I don't I don't even see how this. Uh, I don't know. That's 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 a little bizarre, a little a little weird. Like I said, I'm the Rip Van Winkle of boxing. I fell asleep for 20 years. I woke up and it's a different game. I, sometimes I still gotta wake your ass up, but uh, <laughs> you do, but you do. The alarm clock. <laughs> but anyway, um, so tomorrow, make sure you uh, uh, swing by because uh, Sal and I will be talking uh, about the uh, um, you know Kell Brook and and Errol Spence uh, Jr. fight, um, along with uh, uh, the Groves and uh, Chudanov fight. But uh, it's time for us to do uh, a trivia question. And uh, I got, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that uh, we haven't, you know, we had a, a big uh, uh, bunch of uh, answers for this question. Um, and then uh, all of a sudden it's kind of fizzled out, Sal. Uh, so, so I have a new question here, and uh, uh, I want to... Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. We uh, didn't get the answer to the old question? No, no. Well, I, you know, I have a new you question. Know, misleading too bill because my first answer was like eight inches because the way it was read to me as i first understood, what's the biggest disparity or the biggest uh difference between height uh between two fighters that fought for a championship and a non-heavyweight title fight so i said that ah, 12 inches eight inches it didn't say the actual opponents and fighters if you read that question over again i'd point it out but Let's read the new one. Okay. Uh, the new question uh, is simply this. Uh, it's a who am I question. Oh, boy. Uh, and, and it goes like this. Uh, who am I? Uh, I, I, once, I? I grew up so poor that I once had to go to school wearing my sister's dress as it was the only clothes that I had. Uh, I subsequently, uh, well, I'll read the rest of it, but uh, it's a who am I question. Uh, Sal, I'll let you uh, answer this first. Uh, who am I? It was a, a, a former a world champion, I should have threw that in, uh, that uh, once had to go to school uh, wearing his sister's dress, uh, and uh, ultimately he turned to boxing after that. Uh, who am I? Um, Jack Dempsey? Yes, yes, it's Jack Dempsey, hey, oh, Sal. Oh, you are correct. On. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. I got it right. I knew it. Those are the odds. Sal, you're right. You got it right. The answer is Jack Dempsey. Oh, Jack shit. Jack Dempsey <laughs> did, in fact, uh, have to wear uh, his sister's dress going to grade school on multiple occasions, was uh, picked on and everything else. He ended up running away from home at a young age and uh, began working uh, in the mines and uh, fighting. And the rest is history. So congratulations, Sal. You, you got that one right. You, uh, you, you, you answered the question right for all the listeners. So uh, I, I, it's, it's, it, you're, you're right. You're right. It was Jack Dempsey. So uh, unbelievable. You, Jack, the actuaries were right. They said if I do that every day, just name Jack Dempsey, eventually I'm going to have to get it right. You know, I, I tell you, 
you know your boxing. You really do. Uh, is uh, There's no question about that. So let's ask uh, today's question. And uh, today's question, I guess uh, I'll, I'll re-ask the one I had yesterday. And uh, that one, uh, if you're the first one to answer this correctly by emailing me, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Uh, what is the biggest height difference between two men in the same division fighting for a world title and excluding the heavyweight division? Which uh, is the biggest, which two fighters, what was the biggest height difference between two men fighting for a world title in the same division, excluding heavyweights? If you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talkin Boxing, that's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Don't forget, uh, make sure you tune in uh, tomorrow morning, uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.